and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend, back from holiday, Mr. Paul Levy. Right back at you there. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 140, and after our self-imposed end-of-term break, we're back. We've got two matches to discuss. We've got two first-team players who are out for the rest of the season, unfortunately. We've got lots of views. We've got two weeks' worth of news to catch up on. Um, so I think let's crack on. But I must make an apology to start with. If you hear me coughing and spluttering, it's because I've not been too well. So apologies. We'll try and keep the noise to a minimum. But as always, we start off with our friends over at the Sports yeah. Club. So the <clears> last <throat> two trips of the season to tell you about. So firstly, Hartlepool United on Tuesday, the 17th of April. Coaches leave for this one at 12.30pm. This one kicks off at 7.45. Prices for this one, £34 for adults. £31 for concessions with the normal £3 surcharge to non-members. And then secondly, coaches to Gateshead on Saturday the 28th of April, which is the last game of the season. Leave the supporters club at 5.30 in the morning. That's right, that's 5.30am as the match kicks off at 12.30pm. This one fares the same as the Hartlepool game, £34 for adults. £31 for concessions with the normal £3 surcharge for non-members. So to book for these, you can either book in a supporters club on a match day or by calling the travel line on 077 And if you go in, have a great time on the last two trips of the season. And don't forget, that does not include your match day tickets and make your arrangements for that. So a bumper Leighton Orient Trust update for you this week. Uh, it will be of no surprise to you that it is uh, as big as it is. So on Saturday, the 7th of April, the Fans for Diversity Hub was well populated, including staff, parents and children from Holy Trinity Primary School in Tower Hamlets, alongside staff and service users from the Rethink Mental Health Project, also based in Tower Hamlets. St. Joseph's Hospice were also present as they were on their fundraising mission that had been postponed due to the cancelled Maidenhead game on Easter Monday. They managed to collect £482.13p and would like to thank the club and more specifically the fantastic generosity of the supporters yeah, on the well day. Played. That's fantastic. That's well fantastic. done, everyone. Absolutely. And then earlier that day, James Brophy popped into the supporters club and he received a bottle of bubbly from the SLO Karen. And so he won the player of the month for March. And I think we can all agree, well-deserved there. 100%. Well done, Mr. Brophy. Yep. Stunning form. On Monday, the 9th of April, nine lucky young Orient fans had the chance to train with the Orient goalkeepers as the winners of a recent club competition, specifically aimed at those who prefer to play between the sticks. Dean Brill had the unenviable task of selecting the winners from over 20 entrants, and Spencer Craig, who's 11, Tyler Short, who's 14, Harry Day, who's 15, Harrison Lewis, who's 9, Ryan Webster's 10, Sam Schroeder at 14, Josh Scanlon at night, who's nine, uh, George Stiles, who's eleven, and Freddie Davis, who, were thir- who is thirteen, were chosen to meet at the training ground and be put through their paces by Brillo himself, alongside Sam Sargent, Charlie Granger, and Arthur Genata, followed by an invitation to stay and watch the professionals go through their own routines, and then being joined by the first team for a crossing and attack versus defence drill. The keepers then had a chance for a Q and A and the obligatory. Photos and autographs. I think that's wicked. I think that's fantastic. I couldn't agree with you more. What a, in, what a unique way of engaging young people. Imagine being that nine-year-old kid 
and getting to watch, and you're a keeper, and getting to watch three first-team keepers. Amazing. That's amazing. That's brilliant work. On Thursday, the 12th of April, Joe Willison and Craig Clay popped into the score centre and joined in with the fun and games being hosted by the Leighton Orient Trust, with Joe coming out on top with his team in the new age curling. So well done there to Mr. Wooderson, who knew? And then they made their way over to the stadium and surprised the latest group of attendees on the Matchroom Stadium Tour, meeting in the home team dressing room. Both players were happy to chat, sign autographs and have their photos taken. And apparently, it seems Craig's favourite number is five. And so now we'll look out for him to be fifth in line when entering the pitch and to see if he does his five high knees before kick-off. Interesting. Full of fact and trivia from the podcast. Always very keen to know what superstitions yeah. or match day routines, as I think they call them, uh, that, that the players have. So that's an interesting one. That's a new one on me. On Wednesday, the 18th of April, Howard Gould, Martin Ling and Alex Lawless have been invited along with staff from the Leighton Orient Trust to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the highly successful mental health project Coping Through Football. A unique collaboration between the Trust London Playing Fields Foundation and NELFT, who, which is the North East London um, Trust, uh, NHS Trust, that uses football as its medium to help those with mental health issues regain well-being. The event takes place at Wembley Stadium and will also have dignitaries such as Greg Clark and Kate Hoey uh, in attendance. And I think just to, to pause just for a minute there, to look at the diverse range of um, activities and, and projects yeah. that the Trust are involved with is absolutely outstanding and one of the reasons to be proud to be an Orient fan amazing work there by everyone involved in the Absolutely. trust so that's why we you know get the updates to get the word out there because yeah. the amount of word that could go unnoticed if you weren't focused and it weren't all yeah. in one space for you so Absolutely brilliant. Phenomenal work. So well done to everyone there. So AOB now, quite a bit for you as we've had the last week off on our holiday. So the first bit is about a week and a half ago, we announced that we are recording a live show in partnership with the Orient Hour from Phoenix FM. So the date for this one is Friday, the 27th of April. This will be held at the Supporters Club and the doors for this will open at 7 o'clock. Come down. It is free, but arrive early to avoid disappointment as numbers are limited. So get there from 7 o'clock. There'll be a panel who we'll be talking to with uh, Chris Hood from the Orient Hour. And the panel will include Nigel Travis, Kent Teague, Andy Gilson, Barry Galvin, Dave Victor and George Sessions. It promises to be quite the podcast at yeah. first ever foray into a live podcast. And we can't wait for that. So if you're around on Friday the 27th of April, why not join us? at the supporters club the bar will be open we'll be there the vice chairman and the chairman will be there and it should be hopefully a very fun night yeah number two uh, in the order of business any other business we received a message from Chris Richardson who goes by the Twitter handle at CM Oriental who is running the St Albans Half Marathon and he wanted to say a big thanks to all of you that donated at the Barrow game in the supporters club uh, this raised £82.39, which will be added to the total. Many thanks for your generosity, as it's all for a good cause. And a big special thanks also to Karen, Simon, David, and all the supporters club, including Jolian, on the door. Yeah, so, well done. Generosity knows no bounds. So next part of AOB then. So, Starman Awards is on Sunday, the 29th of April, and we have a spare ticket, so... We are going to do a competition on our social media accounts. We're going to do it late this week. We are going to announce the winner on next Sunday night's pod. So keep your eyes on our social media accounts for our competition. We are going to, as we say, be giving away a free ticket on our table. Come and spend the night with us. Have a few drinks. Have some fun. 
and get yeah, to meet some players good, and, yeah. and all the stuff. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Yep. Um, next order of business. Um, so, bit of an ask uh, for everybody if you would be so kind to vote for us. We would really appreciate it if you could take just 30 seconds to vote for us in the British Podcast Awards. Now, obviously, we appreciate that we're doing Leighton Orient and not Liverpool or Manchester United or BBC backing. So, uh, as an independent podcast uh, that we do um, at our own cost and uh, obviously giving up our own free time, would be uh, mightily chuffed if people could vote for us. If you just go to www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote um, and just register uh, a vote there. The winners are announced sometime in May, so we'll keep you posted. And thank you in advance to, uh, to, to everybody who does do that, but especially to Dave M, who's on Twitter, at DaveM1812, uh, for um, being the first to do that yeah. for us and bringing that to our attention. Absolutely. So thank you there to Dave. And this is probably a fantastic AOB message. We received a message last week from Phil Reedlinger. I thought it was worth a read as this is a great example of how much great work is being done by the club. It just goes to show why Leighton Orient is like no other club. So we received this message uh, last week and he said, Hi guys, I wanted to share my thoughts on why our club is great. I have supported the O's for 42 years and in that time I've seen many changes, good times and bad times. I was introduced to the O's by my dad and living in Norfolk all my life. I've got down to as many matches as possible over the years. My dad has just clocked up his 65th season. Amazing. Wow. Longer than I've been alive. Same here. My son is now an avid O's fan, so the baton is being passed on. I manage an under-12s football team in West Norfolk, and at the weekend against Barrow, we brought the team down for the half-time penalties. With the support of the club, the tickets were subsidised by the 50-50 scheme, which meant I was able to reduce the cost of the transport down. And when we arrived, Howard came over and checked we were all sorted and gave the boys orient key rings. He sorted the penalties at half-time, which the team loved. I've got to say, doing that half-time crossbar challenge is still probably the highlight of my year. <laughs> Maybe the highlight of my life. <laughs> um, he Also, Kent invited us up to the 1881 suite for the presentation of the Man of the Match Award and Joby had pictures and chatted with the team. After that, we were milling around by the shop and the play started coming out. Without exception, they all chatted with the boys, signed their bits and made them feel special. The result of the trip is now I have three of my players who have now requested that when I bring my son down for matches, I bring them down too. I'm sure they will all look out for Orient scores moving forward and have all asked if they can come down again next season. What makes our club remarkable is that they will go over and above for the fans. I would like to thank everyone at the club, but especially Howard and Kent, for making us all feel so special. I believe when a club is run like this, uh, the future is bright. I'm so lucky to be an O's fan, regards, Phil. What an outstanding message. Absolutely outstanding. And do you know what? It's That's how we're going to get new fans. It's Long-time fans. They live, they live closer to numerous other clubs, and yet because of the experience that they've had, they're... They're going to come to. They're going to come to Orient. Whether they come once or twice is not really relevant. But the fact that there's a, um, uh, yeah, you know, a, a, an appetite to want to come back, I think that's fantastic. So thanks for sending that to us, Phil. Uh, and as we said uh, to you, uh, that has been forwarded on uh, to Kent uh, and the board, as far as I'm aware. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, next, uh, last but by no means least, congratulations to O's fans Alan and Sue, uh, who got married in the Olympic suite on Saturday, the 14th yeah, well of done. April. Congratulations. And do you know what, Alan? Fair play to you for getting married at the football club, because I don't think I, I couldn't do that. No, Sue's, definitely, do that. Sue's definitely a, a keeper. keeper. 
Not yeah. a goalkeeper, just a keeper. <laughs> nice. So let's crack on in the two weeks that were starting with Tahue Tuesday, which was on the 3rd of April. And in the yeah. morning, the local Guardian revealed that Matt Harold is likely to miss the remainder of the season. Just Embleton told them, I know Matt has had a scan over the last few days and it wasn't as positive as Matt would have hoped. I don't know the real severity of it because we've been travelling and we've been here, there and everywhere, but it's not looking great for Matt at the moment. Yeah, thankfully we've got a good depth um, to our squad, so we've got cover there, but we do wish Matt... Um, if he listens I don't think he does but if he does a very speedy recovery but don't rush yourself back uh, and risk hurting yourself for a more prolonged period yeah hopefully he'll kind yeah. of get over the injury come back pre-season, pre-season and exactly and get his fitness up that's got to be the full process now isn't it really yeah same with Dayton and Charlie, Charlie don't Lee. risk yeah. don't risk now just let him get better let him come back pre-season yeah. get fit and get strong Yep. Also, in the afternoon, the club announced a few fixture changes. So, firstly, the trip to Macclesfield Town on Saturday, 14th of April, was being given an early kickoff time. So, that moved from 3 o'clock to half past 12 as it was selected to be broadcast on BT Sport, as that would be the game where Macclesfield could end up going up as champions. Yeah. And we know this will be our, fourth, our fifth time appearing on TV this season, having already appeared in August away to Sutton, which we lost 2 0. September, Hartlepool at home, where we lost 2 1. October to Tranmere Way, which we lost 2-1, and November to Ebsfleet, where we drew to also fifth time, and hopefully it'll be fifth time lucky. <laughs> and we know that many of those fans were not happy with this, as lots of fans had already booked their travel tickets. And with BT Sport changing the kickoff time only 11 days' notice, I think many fans will lose out on all yeah. their booked travel tickets. And Virgin trains weren't particularly helpful uh, there either. Not this time. Obviously, um, you know, just to add to what you just said there, I think it's really poor of BT Sport to do that. But obviously, BT really don't care. Uh, we don't get a lot from this match in terms of the actual fee from BT. So, personally, a bit of criticism. I'd have been key. I, oh, wow. I, I, okay. I'd, I'd have been inclined to have turned that turned that down. Fine. Uh, I don't know if there's any rules that say that if we're chosen, we're chosen, and we don't have a choice in the matter. If the option is there, I would have. I suspect it's probably that, no, you've been chosen and that's what's happening. I guess. Um, but if there was a choice, I would have obviously opted not to have changed that. And then furthermore, the club confirmed that Monday's postponed fixture with Maidenhead United has now been rearranged and it will take place on Tuesday the 24th of April. Mm. We'll kick off at 7.45pm. So we'll see you there in what will be the last home game in the season. So one more game <coughs> under the floodlights of Brisbane Road this season. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, a very busy day. A list of agents fees paid by clubs in the National League and the leagues below was released uh, with the O's topping the list, as you'd naturally expect, having paid fifty. Uh, £39,537 from the 1st of February 2017 to the 31st of January 2018 and I think that's probably really what is the only, the only thing that's worth noting second were Hartlepool 18,849 and York City were third having paid out 17,168 pounds I don't think you have to be a, a particular um, math genius or you know anything like that to, to work out that obviously we didn't have a squad so we've had to get a load of players in, they all have agents. Yeah. But I don't think the thing is, I think it's, it's a benefit in kind is the way it works. Although we've paid it, the players get taxed on it. So it's not like, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with it, but it's just 
Yeah. It's not like the club have paid it out and that's because they have to. The, the players do get taxed on it. I guess we've had the biggest amount of player turnover, I would imagine. Or income, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As, so, as well through the season with injuries and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, at least we topped the league on something, something yeah. this season. So, Wednesday, 4th of April, we were all very sad as to hear that XO and England international Way Wilkins passed away following a heart attack. So Who, Ray, do you mean Ray Wilkins? Yeah, what did yeah, I no, say? No, Way. <laughs> Jonathan Ross on us. Mate, that was Absolutely, he was only sixty-one. <laughs> no Obviously, age at all. No, big, no age at all. Big, great shame that one. So, and I read nothing, nothing but positive comments yeah. about him. Especially one was it Nigel Quashy? Yes, the yeah, QPR yeah. guy. What an outstanding man Ray Wilkins was, and delighted that he was able to don one of my. I think it was the acclaimed shirt with the. He was um, yeah, black shorts. Yeah, one of my favourite kits. That only played three games for the O's, but played in that fall game away to Brighton, which was fondly remembered. On Twitter. Oh, don't remember on that. On the day. Okay, fair enough. On Thursday, the 5th of April, believe it was Kent Teague's mum's birthday. So, happy <laughs> birthday, <laughs> Mrs. Teague. Mama Teague. There's no way Mama Teague is listening to this, but if she is... She, I bet she, she does, because she, she heard does. us mispronounce the name as Teague oh, when yeah. they first came. Happy birthday, Mama Teague. So, that's how I introduced myself in the supporters club. Did you? I said, I'm the guy that mispronounced your name <laughs> as Teague. Um, so, that was fantastic. And they went out for, I think, tea, high tea at the London Hotel, somewhere nice. So, uh I hope you enjoyed your stay uh, here in London. So Mooney, Friday, the 6th of April, the under-18s were in action and were victorious again as Will Sanders' goal gave them a 1-0 win over Yeovil. So well done, the youth, another good result. Yeah. Lots of clapping tonight, but it's yeah. nice to uh, be clapping out. And a new name for me there as yeah. well. Sunday, the 7th of April, the main event of the day was Barrow at home. Uh, the team lined up with Dean Brewing goal, Ling, Coulson, Ellaby, Ella Kobe, I beg your pardon, uh, and Widdison, McEnough, Adams, Clay, and Brophy, and Super David Mooney and Macaulay Bond <laughs> were up top. Substitutes Charlie Granger, Judd, Ekpeteta, Reynolds, and Karoma. So that meant there was one change to the starting lineup from the previous match as David Mooney came in to replace the injured Dan Holman. So your views on the team? Yeah, no complaints from me. Decent side. Shame Dan's obviously gone and got himself injured somehow. Um, disappointed by that I know some probably won't be that disappointed but for all the work he does off the ball um, I think it's uh, I think it's a shame yeah. yours? I agree with what you said there I think it is the team is just in starting 11 bar Mooney yeah. for Holman i got to say when I was in the Butlins bar at this time I wasn't <coughs> too upset to see that team announced yeah. so very nicely done so yeah, before cool. the match started there was a minute's applause uh for Mr. Wilkins. Yep, expertly observed. Yeah, I could see there's a few um, videos, videos that were tweeted to us. It looked like a great event. So obviously I wasn't there, but you was. I was. So let's get going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so just with five minutes on the clock, Brophy's uh, cross looped towards the back post where Sam Ling struck at goal for the first time, but his effort was blocked by the Barrow defence. And in the seventh minute, a bit of a surprise as Barrow went one up. Yeah. As a cross came in from their man, I thought their man who put the cross in actually done really well. A bit of a twist and turn and good ball control. Yeah. Putting a superb cross. Uh, James, uh, the attacker, lost Colson pretty easily and had a free header. Good header actually. Beat Brill well and Barrow a goal up after only seven minutes for me. Poor goal to concede, but good cross. Well made goal from them. Credit to Barrow because they worked that um, they worked that option and and they did do well to get that in. You'd obviously argue that it's a poor goal to concede because the guys running through the box to the sort of centre of the goal. Joby's sort of flat footed. Josh Coulson's nowhere to be seen. Um, and 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 
that they, they take the lead and at, at this point I'm sitting there thinking my god this is going to be another one of those days like Torquay was yeah. so yeah. really really terrible but um, a minute later Macaulay Bond got to Joby McAuliffe's deep free kick but it was simple work for the Barrow keeper Steve Arnold um, to mop that up yeah 12th minute Coulson has an effort over from 8 yards out after the Irish attempt the clearance fell to him I'm not seeing that should he, should he back be a bit, scoring that or? didn't get his leg over it enough to keep it down he's just blasted it wide I've seen that happened all the time. Sounds like even though we, we are a goal down, we are having a few chances. Already. We had a go, absolutely. It's quite an open game. Yeah, so far. Uh, 14 minutes on the clock then. Jones for Barrow launches a throw. I mean, it's Dan Jones. He's got a throw like a free kick. Like, he throws it to the back post from the sidelines. Yeah, I heard, yeah. And there's a lot of people that were saying how his feet were coming onto the pitch as he threw it, so there was foul throws going on and, and whatnot. Um and I asked somebody about putting a man right on the on the touchline there to stop him with that. And the response that I got, I won't say who, who gave me this, response I got was along the lines of, you're better off not doing that and having someone in the box to deal with it because all he'll do is he'll take a, a two steps further back and end up a step so you're wasting a closer. Man. So you're kind of losing a man for the sake of it, yeah. uh, really, which was... which was quite simple. But if you're not used to having someone literally stood right in front of you as you're throwing the ball... Yeah, it could put you off, but again, um, it's all fine margins, isn't it? His throw got launched uh, into the box as you'd expect. Kingsley James just missed the target at the back post. That was a huge let off. It for was us. a let off. That was a huge let off for us. If Kingsley James was a bit better, a bit sharper, he probably wouldn't be playing for Barrow. But that aside, <laughs> he, he he would have scored that, and, and we'd be two 0 down. Different match in it. Hundred percent. Like we're on the back foot with twelve, fourteen minutes gone. Yeah. Terrible it would have been. So 17th minute, still pressure from Barrow as Diara volleyed over from Jones's free kick on the wide left. They came to play football. They came to give us a go. They weren't sitting parking the bus. They came to get three points. Well, it's a must-win game for them, really. They need all the points they can get, really. But I think if you'd have said to them, take a point and then go away somewhere else and get three points somewhere else, they'd have probably yeah. taken that. But actually, they came to us and they tried to put us under the cosh. Fair play. Yeah, 19 minutes on the clock. Then a great challenge from Ebu Adams. Saw him win the ball back before he stung the hands of Arnold from range. Yeah, good effort from distance. Nothing in it. Comfortable save yeah. for Steve Arnold. Okay. 25th minute, Colson went down. Looked like he was struggling from about 10 minutes or so for in. For me, from my perspective, yeah. I wrote that. Yeah, Fine. he looked like he was hobbling or limping a bit. So then he was substituted and on came Marvin Ekpeteta. Yeah, did very well. Overall, yeah. Marvin, yeah, we'll come on to it later. I'm sure but we just will, yeah. Two minutes later, Bond put the ball in the back of the net, but it's ruled out for offside. Yeah. And I've looked at that at least seven or eight times on the highlights and paused it. As Joby plays it, he's about half a yard offside. Okay. He's a leg offside. So correct decision. Correct decision, but I mean, how the liner, how the liner's got that right? Well, fair Given play the to quality him. of refereeing yeah. and officiating in this league, I don't know. Fair play to him there, but we didn't have to wait long for an no. equaliser. Just a minute later, in the 28th minute, we equalised as McEnough put in a corner. Bon came near close, got in a glancing header, and it was deflected in off long throw expert T. Jones. And we were suddenly... Back in the game at one all, so good corner move there. I'd yeah. say Bond did try to claim the goal, but no, no chance. His flick would have taken it across the face of goal, not yeah. into the goal. He was trying to argue that it was going in, but it wasn't until it took the deflection. So yeah, good corner from McInerney there as well. <laughs> yeah, thirty-four minutes on the clock. Then um, Adams gets booked for a late challenge, twenty yards from goal, and the resulting free kick. Dean Brill has to make a really good save out of that. So. You know, he had to be alert and he fingertipped that over the top. So, well played. Yeah, very good play there from Dean. Sounds like Barrow was still coming at us. They weren't scared. At this point. So, yeah. lots of action. So, not much yeah. else to talk about. For the rest of the half, two minutes of added time were played. And in the 46th minute, 
Mooney had a free header from close range saved. I think, you know, a decent build-up play from Brophy and Willison, and Willison crossed into Moon's uh, base header. So that should Mooney have scored there, I'll be doing better. With a free header from close range, you would always want or expect your strikers to score. So yes, essentially. So yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, you would. So half-time, one all. Really not the best of halves. Barrow came out wanting this a bit more, got an early goal, but I think we controlled a lot of the ball as we settled into the game. We don't seem to get going. The pattern I've noticed is we don't seem to get going until the oppo score. I think Justin's mentioned that. Or don't seem to get going until mid Late first half. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we have to have our backs against the wall. When we come out fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Attendance announced three thousand nine hundred and seventy nine with one hundred and sixty three away fans. So Which well done to those Barrow fans, especially yeah. where they are in the league and the length of the journey. So well played to yeah. you all. And the second half kicked off. Nothing can note until the fifty seventh minute when a Barrow player was substituted due to a head injury. His replacement is ex-Norwich striker Grant Holt. Yeah, we've played against him a few times. I think he played, was it Rochdale or Berry previously? I can't remember. Ricky Lambert did one and he did the other. Yeah, my um, the guy I sit opposite next to at work is a massive Norwich fan. His favourite player of all time is Grant, Grant Holt. Holt. When I went back to work yes, on Friday, I said to him, I said, you never guess who played for Barrow, Mr Holt. Yeah. Had a good chat about Grant Holt. Yeah, yeah. good striker in his day. Uh, wasn't very effective on Saturday, thankfully. Just two minutes later, though, in the 59th minute, Marvin Ekpeteta and Adams make superb blocks. And I've watched this back several times to deny Barrow. And uh, Sam Ling managed to turn the third effort. It just rebound, it just bounced off his knee and round the goal. How that didn't go in for them, I don't know. So it sounds like we were putting our bodies on the line. As 100%. Exactly what we want to see yeah. from the defenders. So well played there. Absolutely outstanding, yeah, everyone. So absolutely brilliant. Tweeted in the 61st minute by saying twice now, O's have not picked the right choice in attack. Brophy tries to beat a player too many instead of shooting, and then Clay tries to pass into McEnough when he should shoot. I mean, that was, yeah, that was absolutely a spot on tweet. That's why I put it in. Right. Because he was bang on. We were making the wrong decisions in the final. People were shooting. When they People were passing. Passing, passing when they were shooting and shooting when they were passing. It's just that final decision making. Uh, that let us down. Um, in the 69th minute, David Mooney's replaced by Josh Karoma. So Karoma went up front. He did go up one. top, yeah. Right. Like for like. From there, from which Justin. is where his preferred position is, yeah. in his words, yeah. And that substitution was rewarded just two minutes later as we went 2-1 up in the 71st minute. Sam Ling launched one of his trademark long throw-ins, which was flicked on by Alec Kobe. And Karoma, to be fair to him, very cleverly anticipates the situation, makes his run towards the back post, gets his header in, that goes in off the post, and suddenly we're 2-1 up. And for me, got to give kudos there to Josh. He takes the gamble, making his run at the far post, and it pays off. Although yeah. saying that, pretty poor defending from Josh's marker. But Josh still has to make the run and win the header. So all I can do is commend Mr. Karoma there for getting his goal. I, I absolutely agree with you. And Christine, sorry but uh, to say this, but I've often been quite critical of Josh's footballing brain not, not being there, but his anticipation... Uh, there was uh, was absolutely bang on, and the fact that he beat his man to it as well, yeah. um, well, was, well was, was was absolutely fantastic. Barrow are reduced or were reduced to ten men in the seventy seventh minute as their super long throw expert defender Dan Jones is sent off, really for a silly foul on Brophy in the middle of the pitch, which earned him his second yellow uh, card. So stupid on his part, unnecessary to to shove him there. Brophy was on his way forwards, but it changed. Obviously, it's going to change the yeah. game. Bit of a soft yellow. I can't recall if he'd been let off for other minor infringements earlier in the game, and that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back uh, for him. But 
Yeah, pretty stupid from here. Yeah, their loss was our gain though, so we have a man extra <clears throat> and a goal up. So 79th minute, the ref, Gary Parsons, shakes his head after Karama looks to be brought down by Diara. Nothing given, but it did look like it was a foul. Yeah, um, 87th minute, Mackinac's free kick is knocked down for Clay, who fired wide. And then now, Leo's trying to make the game over. 89th minute, Brill catches Kingsley James's cross, finds Brophy, and suddenly we have a three-on-two attack. Brophy bears in on goal. He should have taken a shot, but chose to pass. So like you said, poor decisions oh, there from there. Yeah. Another poor pass, which you said possibly due to the pitch, and it went out for a goal kick. So a real kind of chance there to kill off the game. Yeah, that's a comment that Ross made. It might be due to the pitch because it bobbles so much that that's the thing in the back of their head is that it could bobble any minute and it could catch me out or it could catch it sweet. But that indecisiveness, that not knowing, puts them on edge. Very frustrating. It was a it was a it was a rapid counter attack. Uh, Brophy had options. Um, Either the pass needs to be so much better or he just needs to shoot three on two. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, but just one minute later. All is forgiven as Bond scores his 22nd goal of the season as a Barrett goal kick is headed back upfield and suddenly we have another two on two. This time Brophy has the ball. His first cross to Bond is blocked but it falls back to Brophy and this time he plays an inch perfect pass to Bond. Really on a plate. Bond this time can't miss from about four yards out. Bond taps in, makes it free run and wraps up the three points for the O's. Yeah. So good finish there from Bond. Well played to Brophy again. If you know, if Brophy was more selfish, he could have had quite a 100%. few more goals himself. But spot on, sees for the benefit of the team and lays it on a plate there. Like I've said to Bond, you know, Bond really couldn't miss out. So nice to see I get another goal for Bond, another assist for Brophy. Yeah, five minutes of added time are played, and in the first minute of added time, Lamar Reynolds is uh, joins the game, uh, replacing Craig Clay. And in the ninety-second minute, the icing on the coke on the coke on the cake as the Brophy attacks. Willison overlaps him, Brophy plays him in, and Willison crosses into the danger zone. It's met by, yep, you've guessed it, McCauley Bonin there for his second as he stoops down low to head it in, and he makes it 4-1 to the Orient, and he gets his 23rd goal this season and his 20th National League goal of the season, which makes McCauley only the third player to achieve this feat for the O's in the past 40 years, following the footsteps of Peter Kitchen and obviously friend of the pod, Mr. Jay Simpson. So well done. McCauley Bond 20th league goal for me decent goal and I made a note saying I think Brophy might be bringing out the best of Willowson since Brophy's been on the left and Willowson's playing behind him I think we've seen a real improvement in Willowson's game massively and Willowson is now doing what essentially Caprice was doing earlier in the season making those runs and getting his assists so really great to see there for me yeah absolutely um so, lost my train of thought Full time there. wants to go shortly after. Oh, thank you. And it's another three points for the O's as they win the game 4-1. So, as I was signing it up in Bognor Regis, Paul was very lucky and managed to go to the post-match press conference where he was not able just to speak to Ross Embleton. He was also able to speak to Marvin Ekpeteta. So, first of all, here's what Ross Embleton had to say after the Barrow game. Giving up some, uh, some more time. 4-1 but not the best of games no uh, if I could unwatch it I would uh, there was a time at one stage where um, I think the quote has been if they were played in my back garden you'd close the curtains I think it was a uh, it was a um, scruffy game it was you know it's a game I suppose that, you know the surface didn't help us the pitch was, you know, pitch was in a great condition and Barrow came here to you know, prioritise making it difficult for us so it's hard to sort of build momentum and, and get on the front foot when when, when it's like that um, but I think it's probably a game early in the season that potentially we, you know, we 
might have lost or, or wouldn't have got the points that we got today. Fantastic. And from our perspective, seeing some of the efforts and, and chances that we had, you can see the pitch does have some sort of puts a doubt or a niggle of doubt in the players' minds in their yeah. final decision-making. Yeah, I mean, we all know why the pitch is in the state that it's in. It's... Um, it's a difficult, been difficult for for everybody that's you know trying to work on it, trying to improve it. I think um, you run. There was one that I remember Brophy having towards the back end of the second half where he runs and it looks like a simple one to slide Josh Caroma in and it bobbles and kicks up and all of a sudden it's you know doing an arm and we've given the ball away. But we have to bear that in mind um, that, that it does have, certainly have an effect on the game. And Josh Coulson went down quite quite early in the game. What's the news with Josh? Do we Josh he left in a boot. He's a um, bit of a precautionary one really they don't don't try to take any risks so it's 24 hours to sort of see how it settles down and then they'll know whether or not it's like severe bruising or if there's a need for a scan or, or an x-ray but Marvin Ekpateta came in I thought he did a good job I was really pleased for him he's worked hard he's got a good attitude he worked hard all the time he's always out with himself and, and, and Danny Webb working on his working on his game whether it be his heading or his defensive clearances or you know whatever it is he's come in and really uh, endeared himself to the group He's really, you know, really good lad. That's massively important to us and, and the way that we, way we work. He's, he's you know, hit the ground running with his with his attitude in training, and, and I was really pleased that the performance showed that today. Thought that uh, Bond had got three goals today, but it turns out at the moment it is just two. But yeah, he's, he's going to try and claim that first one. Yeah, he's it? having a go, uh, and I don't blame him. I would if I was at the top end of the you know, top goal scorer chart, and I was trying to put pressure on people above me. It was a good head up for him to help it into the area. Um, where he's arguing it was already on its way in and it was touched in by the defender so I'll back him on that but we'll, we'll remain to be seen whether or not he's given it Absolutely, Josh Caroma as well got on the score sheet Yeah, there's nothing like a shoulder going in the shoulder in one in the top corner um, I'll take one coming off the exactly, back side I said, to him, I said yeah. to him at the end it's, um, they all count they all say the same thing whether or not you've put, bent it in from 35 yards or, or shouldered it in in the manner that he did so uh, I, I was pleased for him he's come on he's patient he's got a lot of competition in the, in the, uh, in the position that he's been playing obviously with Joby and Broth both, both in the team in front of him we all know that he can play down the middle of the pitch as well um, so I was pleased for him to come on and, and get the goal that he deserves next week we're going on to table toppers yep. in front of the sky cameras I know you've yep. already answered this question by no, several fine. people before um, we've got to step up and make sure that we match him at least yes yeah too right we've um, you know we, we boys have got a bit between their teeth we, we, we're all um We'll know how close we are to the end of the season, but no one's taking their foot off the gas. It's been a real push of you know, prioritising and, and, and trying to remain unbeaten. Obviously, trying to win those games, but to, you know, to prioritise be, becoming more uh, of a challenge for teams to score against us and to, to to make it difficult for opposition. So we need to go and show that on the pitch next week. We need to show that on the cameras next week. We need to go and uh, you know, try and make it difficult and and, and, uh, and and spoil their party, if you like. Does the camera have any impact on maybe the nerves of the players? I feel there'd be a few haircuts and <laughs> a few shaves this week. Yeah. I'm Sure. Um, but no, I think uh, it certainly does. Everyone, it's, everyone's excited by it. You know, you want to watch your team play on the telly. If you can't get to the game, you want to uh, you want to play in front of everyone. You want to play as front as many people as you possibly can. So it does add, add an edge to it. It does, you know, I suppose it gets the juices flowing a little bit more, knowing that you that you're being watched by a few more people rather than the ones that are just in the crowd. So we know there'll probably be a good backing for the opposition, and they'll be looking forward to trying to take. You know, take the points off of us and, and prioritise finishing at the top of the league. And we need to, a bit like we did today, we need to go and, um, you know, we need to go and halt that, if you like, make it difficult for them. And uh, Dan Holman didn't make the squad today. Might no. he make it for next week? I don't, I don't to think so. Um, the scans and the x-rays weren't as, didn't show up a great deal of 
issues with, with the injury. It's more severe bruising to the area and to the bone on his foot that, um, that that's meant that he's missed out today. Um, I suppose it'd just be a case of how quickly that or you know when that settles down as to when when he can come back into the group. So that was Ross Embleton uh, post Barrow. I also managed to catch a minute and a half with um, substitute Marvin Ekpiteta, and this is what he had to say. Marvin, thanks very much for joining us. Um, we haven't caught up with you yet. You've, you've eluded us so far. Yeah. Always difficult to come on and join a game partway through for any player, yeah. but is it any harder as a defender? Yeah, it's really hard because you've got to get into the game, especially when we're losing as well. Just got to make sure just try and fit in as best as you can. And what was your mindset as you were being brought on? My mindset was just get in the game, don't concede any more goals. As a defender, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's probably a, a positive mantra yeah. to take on. Uh, how did you feel as the game as the game went on? We we slowly clawed our way back yeah, in. Yeah, obviously we didn't start well, conceding conceding the first goal, which is not always good. But uh, we done well, got our first goal, and after that we started getting kicked on, and then we were on top of them for the rest of the game. Sure, we need to carry on doing. Which is what we uh, what which is what we needed to do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you weren't on the pitch when we scored the first goal, but then as the game grew on, yeah, you settled into it more. Yeah, I thought yeah. you looked quite comfortable. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. I felt I done well as well. As a game, like I said, as the game went on, I felt more and more confident. The boys, as a team as well, were more confident, which was good as well, which was good. And what was the biggest challenge that you thought Barrow puts our way? I think their long throws. They put in the box. Like, literally every second, they, every second they had to throw the ball in the box, and it put us under a bit of pressure. But we defended it well. Yeah, that that long throw was quite troublesome, yeah, but we yeah. seem to deal with it quite well, yeah, as you said. Like, they did score from it, which is good. Yeah, the outlook for Josh is unknown at the moment, but yeah. you'd hope to try and force your way into the yeah. manager's thoughts for next week. Yeah, whenever I get a chance, just play as best as I can, try and keep my shirt. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, so that was Paul speaking to Ross Embleton and Marvin Ekpatetas. Thank you to Ross Lovely and guy. Marvin, and thank you to obviously Elliot and the club for making that all possible. Well done to you, Mr. Levy, for getting two interviews after a match unheard. Ross was Ross was so busy, he did like 15, 20 minutes worth of chat. So in the meantime, Elliot went and got Marvin, did his bit for oh, yeah. for the club and then he was just milling around. I was like, oh, do you mind if I just grab a minute with him? And literally a minute and a half was, was what it was. So, so thank you to Marvin for making his <coughs> Orient Out of the Podcast debut. Yeah, Ross Absolutely. is obviously a veteran of the podcast yeah. and Marvin makes his debut. So that meant in the league that win pushed us up to 12th in the table so now played 41 won 14 drawn 11 lost 16 with a positive goal difference now of plus 1 and on 53 points so mathematically we still aren't safe from relegation at this point as Barrow have 6 games left and can reach 59 points but relegation really isn't a worry for us now. So your views on the Barry game then, Mr Levy? Yeah, as I said in post-match to Ross, it wasn't the best of games, but a win is a win. Additionally, when I went into the supporters club, I bumped into Kent Teague and I said to him, I'd rather win ugly than lose yeah. pretty, um, which is what we had done uh, in the first half of the season. Well done to Macaulay Bond, who at the time of making this note had added two more goals to his already impressive tally for the season. And where would we be without him? Negatives, and I'm sorry to dig players out, but for me, Craig Clay, apart from two solid tackles, he was either anonymous or really poor. His passing didn't go to an Orient man. He didn't impose himself at all. It was all Ebu Adams running that midfield. Considering he's come from the Scottish Premier League, I expected much more. And if today was a one-off game, then I wouldn't mention it. But I feel his form is poor form is quite regular. Dean Brewer only had a couple of saves and a few simple catches to make uh, against Barrow, which says a lot about the opposition. I thought they either 
play for a draw or get at us and win. Thankfully, uh, I was wrong. And finally, I have to mention Sam Ling's throw. What a weapon we have with that. Uh, how on earth that's been developed, uh, I don't know, but I'm glad you're on our side yeah. and not against us anymore, Mr. young Mr. Ling. Like it. Your so views? For me, yeah, you can only beat what's in front of you. Again, we've yeah. done that. You know, Disappointing to concede an early goal, but once we weathered the storm... From the second half, really, it sounds like we battered him once Sam Linger made that block. Well done to Bon on his double. So a lot of plaudits again for Brophy and Adams, which is good. And also a lot of Ekpateta, uh, which is really pleasing. Well done to Josh on his goal as well. And it seems like we're starting to build up head of steam now. It's been to the final stages of the season. Yeah. And Justin and Ross must be very happy with the team's form. We just need the players now to start being more consistent, get used to winning. We could be in for an exciting time, a very exciting time, hopefully, next season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we could be. So those were our views, your views. We had a huge amount of feedback after this match, as you would probably expect. So thank you to everybody who sent us their views uh, into our social media accounts. And again, we do try and read out as many as possible. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. So at JackCoats14 tweeted saying, Massive win, fantastic performance, some well-worked goals. Brophy, Bon and Ebu were superb and unselfish Brophy for the third. Great cross from Joe for the fourth. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73, said two to us. said three wins on the bounce. When did that last happen? Mr Levy, you... I looked back at my programme. Yeah. yeah, it was December when we hit four in a row. We beat Sutton, Haringey, Maidstone and Dagenham. Well and that done. was Justin's first few games in charge because the first one he was in charge of was Solihull. That was on the Saturday. He'd only joined on the Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So doesn't... We don't really count it. But yeah, four in a row was back in December. Gary Hammond-Perk got in touch and said, good to get uh, three points when we weren't playing very well. If we cut the continuous defensive mistakes out, we'll be a real force in this division. It's very funny <coughs> reading about not playing well on the back of a 4-1 win. Right. So, I mean, it's very odd. The, the, I think it's safe to say and fair to say the scoreline flattered us immensely. Yeah, fine. That same year, LOFC 97 says, we didn't play well, but got the three points and won by a convincing scoreline. Would have lost this game earlier in the season. Yeah. Finally, a terrible team comes to our place and we beat them. Yeah, at Boats, he said, great to finally seal our safety with a great win. Let's now try and finish the season unbeaten. Be great to finish as high as possible to build confidence for next season. As we said earlier, we're not math- mathematically safe just yet because of games in hand well, and uh, points that are still available for some teams at that point yep at London Gary W says overall we played some decent football when we could but the ref let far too much foul and go on I thought Ek Patessa looked very good when he came on it was good to see us go for it late in the game when they went down to 10 men all in all three points gained Four goal squad. Absolutely. Pandemonium 1881 tweeted saying, An awful game to be honest, lacking in quality, referee blowing his whistle what seemed like every two minutes, and a lot of Route 1 stuff from both sides. But how can you moan about playing badly, winning 4 1, and making a save? Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. point. Ingleland 2010. This is a good, solid win. Ling and Adam, superb. But my God, the barrel long throw. I've seen some long throws when near the penalty area, but they were taking them from the halfway line. It sounds like that is quite a weapon. If you ever, if you just Google Dan Jones and Barrow, yeah. have a look at some of his throws. There, they are genuinely incredible. Uh, Reedy QB nine said our pace told against ten men by the end felt like an end of season game for long stretches, and Barrow were awful. Love seeing a home win though, and our recent form. Uh, and Marvin looks a decent player. We'll be lucky to keep Macca in the summer. Uh, I am underscore mo. Just thought Barrow were going to drag us down to their level. Clay was awful again. 
Big George at Adams, man of the match, a good win, and nice to see Bond hit 20 league goals. Yeah, Leon, un- late, sorry, Leighton underscore Ear said, I like Clay, but he's looked so out of sorts lately. I tried Joby in the centre alongside Adams and bringing JK on the wing. Excellent debut from Big Marvin, reminds me of a young Gabby Zakawani. What a comparison. Yeah, good point. Only one team, it's a scrappy game, but three points. Four goals scored and now a plus goal difference. Fort Barrow tried to play football and looked dangerous early on, especially via the long throws. A good shift by Ekpatet and Adams. Three wins in a row and moving up the league. Let's hope next season is the big leap forward. Yeah, Ed Jones1976 said, Not a great game, but a great result. Ekpatet did fantastic for a debut. Maka finding the net is always pleasing. Someone, please explain how Clay keeps getting in this team. Adams doing the work of two men. In midfield, yeah, just picking up on the comment that I made yeah, earlier. Quite a few people showing what yeah. you've said. Dave M one eight one two says a great result, scrappy game. Really like the look of Marvin in the second half. They really worked out their long throw man. Still relieved when he got himself sent off though. And it's great to see all these plaudits coming through from Ekpateta. But we still got a certain Mister Dan Happy as well. So yeah. four good centre backs at the club. Absolutely. Howard Gould tweeted in at Gould Howard saying, must mention the block from Sam Ling uh, when Barrow were having their five-minute spell. Kept us in the game. Very good point. Very good point. And the final word on the Barrow game goes to at Essex Biz, who says a good result, but plenty of room for improvement. Too many hit and hope balls forward, and we need more creativity and more movement from the forwards. A win is a win, though, and the players can take confidence. Although we have nothing to play for these last few games, they are very important in terms of momentum to take us into the start of next season. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. Thank you for all the tweets we got prior to the Barrow game. And after the Barrow game, you can tweet us at any time at Orient Outlook. Plug, plug, plug. Absolutely. Prediction League update then. So congratulations to Paul Wee underscore UK and QB Re- uh, Reedy QB9, sorry, who get four points for correctly predicting the score and one score. But extra special props go to Nino Barone 27, Orient Joe, Robert L 983-17534, and at down underscore underscore south, who get five points for correctly predicting the score and two of the scorers. And the full prediction league table will follow after the Macclesfield match. Yeah, well done to at down underscore underscore south on his first points of the season. Well Picks done, mate. Every week, so well, well done, done to you. Well done. Sunday the 8th of April then. It was 40 years ago to the day that the O's played in the FA Cup semi-final versus Arsenal at Stamford Bridge and even though they lost 3-0 what an amazing achievement obviously the club had the anniversary dinner back on my birthday which is why we couldn't go um, but the thought of later on it being in an FA Cup semi-final just it's 40 incredible. years ago yeah. is absolutely mind-boggling yeah. do you know what I mean so what an amazing achievement it's great to see that the club and the fans still recognise this uh, and you know they always will do so fantastic work there Absolutely. Macaulay Bob made it into the official National League team of the weekend. They said two goals or was it three? Bond grabbed the match ball after the 4-1 win over AFC Fylde, but the dubious goal panels will decide if he has to give it back. Yeah, and Ebu Adams was also listed as one of the five subs as a substitute bench named in the National League team of the weekend. So massive well down there to yep. Macaulay and Ebu and the plaudits didn't stop there as Macaulay Bond was also named in the non-league papers team of the weekend. And they said a constant threat to Barrow and was well worth his injury time double to secure his side a thumping win. So again, a massive well done to Bond taking lots of plaudits after that game based on his two goal scored and reaching the 20 so. league goals. Rightly so. The ladies' match against MK Dons was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. So we move on to Monday, the 9th of April, which was a quiet day at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. 
as there was nothing to report. No, but in Tuesday, 10th of April, it was busy again as we were able to confirm that Josh Coulson, Coulson, Coulson broke his toe in the Barrow game and will miss the rest of the season. And for us, Josh, we wish you better, get better, come back in pre-season, you know, and smash it like you've done pretty much the entire yeah. way of the season. Shame to lose him, 100%. especially after he was injured earlier in the season. But, but hopefully him. Marvin will be a, a decent replacement. Yeah. It's and probably Dan a good Hattie, time yeah. for him to, for, for both of them to be showing, you know, we're safe, nothing to play for at either end. Might as well give him a go. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so he broke his toe for those that may not have... Um, sort of caught that tweet that we did but yeah we covered it there Wednesday the 11th of April then the official club Twitter feed tweeted some excellent stats regarding Justin Edinburgh's spell in charge of the O's to date he's been in charge of 19 matches which have accumulated 32 points we've moved from 20th position to 12th points per game would put O's in 5th position if he'd have joined us I would imagine at the start of the season if that was points yeah. to game ratio He's, uh, we've scored as a team 25 goals we've conceded just 12 and we've kept 8 clean sheets and I like the emojis that the club have used there so kudos to whoever did that very Brilliant. good definitely shows that the club are moving in one direction and that direction is up so great to see yeah. so Thursday the 12th of April club followed up his fantastic social media work this season by bringing us the newest instalment of the teammates feature and this time featuring Macaulay Bond and Abu Adams so well worth a watch if you get a chance well played to all involved yeah, I think, yeah. they were good together yeah I've watched it yeah they were really good Abu is 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 Made a couple of jokes and Macaulay's just sort of very sort of blank face, didn't didn't realise what was going on. It's very funny. Uh, Friday the 13th, then the most superstitious day of the year. Some decent coverage for the O's as Justin Edinburgh has a detailed interview published, uh, which is page 28 of the Metro. Worth a read for all O's fans. Yeah, definitely. So that moves us on then to Saturday the 14th of April. Time for another match, this time away to the league leaders. Macclesfield yeah. so the team was announced at Dean Bruin goal back four of Sam Ling Marvin Ekpateta George Kobe, and Joe Willison midfield of JB McEnough Ebu Adams Craig Clay James Brophy with the front two of Josh Caroma and McCauley Bonner on the bench for this one Granger Judd Happy Lawless and Mooney <laughs> yeah in front of the BT cameras this one uh, so it's an earlier 12.30 kickoff. two changes from the Barrow lineup as Marvin Ekpeteta and Josh Caroma come in as Josh Coulson is injured and Dave Mooney takes a place on the bench yeah. your thoughts on that for me the only surprise is Caroma starts in place of Mooney but considering Caroma came on as a forward for 20 minutes against Barrow and got his goal and we scored another two fair play to Justin going for it, obviously with pace in attack, obviously a different tactic, go and get the Macclesfield defence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, agree with you. Just one point of note, ex-Orient Loney, Sean Jalal is in goal for the Silkman um, and he was appalling for us on loan <laughs> he from was. He was, absolutely I appalling. I remember it only too well, the last minute clanger, home to Peterborough yeah. in that playoff season, 2-1 defeat as Asam Belonga got a double. So the match kicked off, like you said, at 12.30 in front of the BT cameras, everyone wearing their nice shirts getting their haircuts looking slick for the camera. So Macclesfield kicked off and had three efforts in the first seven minutes, but none that really troubled our defence too much. And Ella Kobe had her first effort with 10 minutes on the clock. Yeah, he absolutely did. Um, with 12 minutes on the clock, though, Brophy puts the ball in the back of the net, but this effort was sadly ruled out for being offside. Yeah, fine. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch uh, all of this, so uh, I didn't see if it yeah. was or not. No worries. 18 minutes gone, though. Macclesfield took the lead. As Danny Whitaker, who was pretty good in the game when we played him at our place, I remember, smashed in his effort into the bottom corner of Dean Brule's goal 
and Macclesfield get the lead. And if they would have won this game, they would be going up as, as champions. champions. So all to play for. Poor goal from our perspective to concede. Um, it opened up for him. We didn't go and close him down. Um, bad goal from our perspective. He's just smashed it from from distance into the bottom corner. Uh, I don't blame Brill. We should have done better. Right. We should have got out to him and, and closed the op- option and the angle down for him, but we didn't. Deserve lead at this point for Macclesfield then? Well, I'd, I'd not caught all the game, but they're top of the league and they're there for a reason they've been there for a sustained period of time yeah. it's it's just those fine margins that they capitalise on that others don't really yeah. um, spurred on by their goal in the 23rd minute Macclesfield get in behind our defence but Ekpeteta is on hand to clear the low cross away from danger yeah 27th minute Karoma sees an effort blocked and then Joby's free kick is headed towards goal by a Macclesfield defender but Jalal catches it just a minute later. 29 minutes on the clock. Dean Brill is alert to keep out a Macclesfield effort, which was a superb game-saving save. It's well done there to yeah. Dean Brill, keeping us in the game. We've mentioned Brill in the Barrow game, obviously making some pretty important saves at an important time. And yeah. like He's done it again there. So well done to the brilliant Dean Brill. 31st minute, Ekpeteta keeps McEnough's corner in play, does well. He heads the ball to Elikobi, who touches it over the defender and heads it, but Jalel... Saves. Yep, 33 minutes on the clock, so just two minutes later, Ebu Adams finds Ling, who loops across to the back post. Uh, the ball was defended well by uh, Macclesfield, and it went out for a corner. Yeah, but just nine minutes later, we get the equaliser. This time, Macenough takes a corner. Elikobi tries one of his famous bicycle kicks. That Ronaldo copied the other day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the ball ends up to Karoma, who, on the turn, finds it back in the net through a crowded area, yeah. and we're back in the game one all. <laughs> And Josh has his second in two games. That'll be fantastic for Josh's confidence. Um, was it deserved equaliser? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's gone through about three or four pairs of legs on its way into the corner. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. Um, then it was our turn to really capitalise, having just scored. And in the forty-fourth minute, Josh Caroma is almost in again. This time, he tries to pull back, pull the ball back to the centre of the box, but uh, Macclesfield were able to clear it. Yeah. Two minutes of additional time were added on at the end of the first half. And Karoma turns and runs at the Macclesfield defence, fires McEnough, who drove him to the box, but the chance didn't come didn't come good, did it? No, so half time uh, drew one all. Yeah, I thought we looked much better in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. We had a bit more possession, more purpose about our play. Won lots of the second balls, I noted, that fell our good. way. That, that were available, we won most of them. And then I caught literally I think a minute, and I, I, I don't want to quote Adam Virgo, but I'm going to have to, and he commented that we'd won most of the second balls as well. That's exactly what you want to see as an artist. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, so absolutely. We've got a few tweets at half-time. One that we noticed and took notice of was at Paul underscore Stokes 39, who says, a good reaction to the goal, but a shame it took the goal to get us going. Epiteta looks a little shaky. Karoma looking dangerous with his pace. It does seem like Karoma, it was scaring them. So yeah, maybe we scouted Macclesfield and said, look, they've got two big lumps back to... Let's, very let's, put, let's put Karoma in to try and give him problems and if we did do that a massive well done to the management team for doing yeah. that tense was announced at 3,110 with 223 away fans so massive kudos to the 223 away fans making that massively long journey having to get up earlier having to rearrange their travel and also it's on the telly so a massive well done to those absolutely bang on yeah the second half kicked off no subs for the O's and we kicked off uh, started brightly uh, as a long ball forward from McEnough set Bon away but his touch unfortunately just let him down and Jalal was able to scoop that up and, and nullify any threat that uh, Bon posed 50th minute McEnough found Karoma inside the box but he fired a left footed shot over the target yeah he snatched that and he shot that wide I thought it was a good chance 
would have liked him to have seen. I would like to have seen that go at least on target and chest yeah. and test Jalal. Fine. Fifty third minute, Karoma looked to have been dragged down by Tyrone Marsh just outside the box, but the ref Peter Wright waved away the appeals. Caught a bit of this, yeah. Not a free kick for me. I think Josh needs to be a bit stronger there. Okay. I think he needs to stand know. his ground and, and shrug the man off. Fifty six minutes on the clock, Joby McEnough drove forwards towards the box uh, of the Macclesfield penalty area, looked to prod the ball into Samling, whose run in the box was untracked. Unfortunately, the ball ran out of play just for a goal kick. And you can see we've started the second half really strongly, looking to get that goal, looking to, to, to build on, on our sort of the second half of the first half yeah, of, of this. Carrying on the momentum. Yeah. From That's exactly it. You know, That's what I was looking for. Good stuff. Karoma goes down injured on the hour mark and then is replaced by David Mooney in his 62nd minute so it's a bit of a shame that Karoma had to go off because it sounds like he was causing their defence no end of problems but always yeah. good to bring Mooney on and Mooney got involved immediately as he linked up well with Brophy before he then crossed towards Bon who was just underneath the ball yeah 70th minute Mooney beats Keith Lowe to Ebu Adams' long ball upfield but his touch just sees the ball bounce into the hands of Sean Jalal yeah and in the last 10 minutes in the 80th minute Brophy drives into the box sees his run cut short by Hodgkiss who clears the ball away from danger. And then Macclesfield had an effort in the 84th minute, but Brill was on hand to deal with it quite comfortably. So last five minutes we go into the 85th minute. McEnough and Bond link up well, but Bond's shot from range was blocked by a Macclesfield defender. And we go very, very close in the 88th minute as Clay pulled the ball back to the edge of the box to McEnough, whose first time effort uh, whistled over uh, the bar there and for me probably a game defining moment which we've passed up so good opportunity there to yeah. nick the late goal so three minutes of time added on we have two corners which amount to nothing and the ref blows the full time whistle and the game ends honours even which means that Mecclesfield aren't promoted just yet and the BT cameras have to await to see a team promoted live they, on the TV. They do. Justin in Edinburgh spoke to Dave Victor after the game and Dave tweeted saying, we've come up against what I think will be the league winners and we match them all the way. We had several young players out there today and they all did well. Justin explained that Josh Caroma picked up a knock and he's had to be patient and played very well today. Justin went on to say that he would love to have Ebu Adams on a permanent basis. He seems to be enjoying his football with us and the O's boss didn't know when a decision would be made uh, by the young midfielder and Justin also went on to praise the Travelling Orient supporters they've had a lot of disruption to deal with recently and they were magnificent today. hope that Ebu Adams deal gets done sooner rather than later because I thought the longer that takes the less likely that looks to happen Yeah, in my eyes yeah. um, so I hope that Ebu Adams deal can be done as soon as possible so the league table that draw meant we slipped down to 14th in the National League so four games left to play We've now played 42, won 14, drawn 12, lost 16 with a goal difference of plus one, so still positive, yep. and 54 points. So your views on the Macclesfield game yesterday? Would have taken a point before kick-off. We let ourselves down with their goal, but made up for it with a good goal from Josh Caroma just before half-time. A solid second half for us, and we had the majority of possession and chances. However, we had a game-defining moment in the 88th minute, but for our lack of clinical ability... We really didn't capitalise. We have to address this issue if we're to get out of this league next year. And finally, well done to the fans who went today. Despite the game being played earlier, so BT can go there looking to film a promotion party. I'm glad we were able to put a stop to that. <laughs> For me, yeah, decent point away to the league leaders. You know, sounds unlucky not to win it. If McEnough shot goes in in the 88th minute, we nick the three points. So, yeah, good character to come from being a goal down. Well done to Josh on scoring another goal. And you know, he's making himself a first choice starter for the team. So a very good headache 
for Justin to have. So when yeah. you know Holman's fit again, when Mooney's fit and Howard's fit, he's got now Josh. So he's now got a choice of five. As you think, Bond, you know, is probably a, well is a first choice. Result just goes to show progress we've made in the last few months. It was nice to not get beaten when we were on the TV. Yeah. Uh, hopefully now go and beaten for the rest of the season in the last four matches. So those were our views. Thank you for all your views. Again, lots of views coming in. So here a selection of what we got from at the ward underscore seven said a very good performance. If Macclesfield are our yardstick, we will go very well next season. Joe underscore Pavitt said, if you'd have told me we would get a point, I would have been more than happy. Nobody expected to win as it would have been to get a, to, to get a win as good as it would have been. I hope Macclesfield do win it, but just not against us, and they haven't. Uh, Paul Gregory says, we were the better side, but next season we have to win these type of games. Still, if they are the best in the league, we are not far behind. Lennon 4 said, can't have any complaints with that performance. We rose to the level that is supposedly good enough to win this league, and we made Macclesfield struggle. Very encouraging. Yeah, some good tweets there. At Janine yeah. Adaman says, I'm really happy with that. We finally turned in a performance mm. on TV. I thought that mm. was the best ref we've seen all season. And fair play, I think I saw a few similar tweets saying about the ref, so... You know, we give them a hard time and they're not so good. So good to see people giving the refs plaudits when, when they should take them. Yep. Marcus Maynard said, when you reduce the league leaders to time-wasting subs in the 89th minute at home in order to cling on to a point, it's a good performance. Very good Great point, point there. At record blue apps, it's a good overall performance. I think we can take credit that we outplayed the best team in the league at their home patch today. More George Elikobi overhead kick attempts needed in football, please. Yeah, I'd like to see that. More overhead kicks as well as obviously the lap of honours after the match always a good job there Luke Cohen 775 said we dominated the side who are top of the league and we were very unfortunate not to win we have to sign Adams he runs the midfield every game going forward and defensively next season we need someone to help him because Clay is just a passenger at times in these bigger games and don't forget we've still got Charlie Lee to come back from his injury LOFC Chaz says, are Macclesford the most bang average side to win the National League? Long ball merchants. Played football for 10 minutes and looked dangerous, especially Whitaker. yet they turned to long ball. And it's good to see us make a team adjust to the long ball because it's normally the other way around. So yes, really good exactly. to see our tactics but working. Obviously, bear in mind that, Chaz, you're commenting on one game. They've been consistently yeah. good over the course of the season, which is why they're at the top. Steve Jones 177 said, enjoyed that. Turning point, the Dean Brill save in the first half. After that, we managed their big man up front and won more loose balls. And we really looked like a team who's going, who was going to go and win it. Good tweet there. Ross McCaff. So I couldn't tell who was top of the league, which shows how far we've come. And Karoma looked a cut above. Yep. CM Oriental said, a good point and performance. That we were by far the better team over the 90 minutes. Was pleased with the effort from the team. And big Marv for man of the match performance. Uh, alongside George Elikobi. Onwards we march. At Tommy Sage. Just Karoma was class again today. Wooderson has improved tenfold since Justin Edinburgh came in. And he is now one of my favourites. Big George Solid at the back. And Brophy was incredible as always. Best game we've played all season, and unlucky not to win. I've got to say, Woodhouse, and again, taking forward, it's very good to see. Very he good was actually see. the reviewer of that game for the non-league paper. That was his star man of that oh, game. Um, interestingly, yeah, Matt Badcock, I think his name is, that reviewed that. Orient underscore Viking said, great performance. Karoma and Bond, a real handful. Their pace, a real problem for their defence. Ella Kobe, excellent, and thought Ekpateta grew into it after a I think that's a shaky start, uh, I'm supposed to say. Okay, after a shaky start. Credit to Mooney as well, who did very well when he came on. Uh, Paul Skinner, 88, says, I'm happy with that. Ekpateta looked a bit dodgy first half, but was good second. 
after the good spell we had last Saturday. I still think we need a decent attacking midfielder and a good number 10. Brawl's decent, but is he league-winning material? I don't know. Brownie1956 says, Still think Big George is a lovely bloke, but too big and slow. He is no Akin Fenwa, who is big but scores regular goals. George is not what they need on the pitch. Maybe in the dressing room and training ground but not in matches. A slightly controversial tweet. Very, <clears throat> very controversial tweet there. Nino Barone, 27, says Macclesfield held on for their lives. And if that's the quality we need to match, have a chance to go up for next season, then we should be fine. I thought Mooney did very well in holding up play when he came on and Widowson stood out for me as well. A lot of standout plaudits yeah. for, for Joe Widowson. As you said earlier, Matty, LOFC Evans said, should have won today. Macclesfield looked poor. If we can keep this group together and sign some decent players to complete to compete with the starting eleven today, we will walk this league next year. Bruno Andrade from Borenwood would be the top name on my list to bring in this summer. Good point now. Final word goes to at Bradley Ackers95 who says, a great point away to the league leaders. But also, just want to say, back in 2014, so only four years ago, yeah, um, Wolves and Orient were in the same league. They were. Now Wolves have been promoted to the English Premier League and Orient are in the conference. It just shows, hopefully, that will be Orient in a few years. That's exactly. And we can all dream, right? That, yeah, you yeah, have. Absolutely. Well done, Bradley. I like that know what? Great tweet. And that's exactly the thought that I had when I saw Leeds at Wolves had, had been promoted. How we were fighting with them and Brentford for, yeah. for, for to go up and look at Leeds now. It's four years it's taken them to, to, to get up. So thank you very much indeed to everybody who's been in touch. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us. We're at Orient Outlook on Twitter. You can email us if you're not on social media, orientoutlook at outlook.com or if you're on Facebook, um, assuming you'd have an email, but find us with Orient Outlook Podcast uh, on there as well. So Prediction League update then. So well done. So at Leighton Ori, at Das Hodge, at Floodgates, at Alb5399, at Ian Hutchinson08, at Jamie Stripe, at Perry382, at East London XL, at Unexpected Item Zero, at Leon Resti, at Gorillas1985, at P. Arnold21, and at London Gary W, who all predicted one all, but nobody got the bonus point with just Chroma scoring. So three points all round there. So the top of the Prediction League has stayed the same. So at Bill underscore Johnson UK leads on 27 points, followed by Lawson Gamst on 21 points and Samuel LOFC 97 on 20 points. So it looks like Lawton Gamps is going to have to get at least two correct predictions to at least get level with Bill Johnson UK. So it all is going to be a very exciting conclusion. And if you want to look to see where you are on our Premier on our Prediction League table, you can go on our Facebook page, as Paul mentioned earlier, and it is up and available for you to see. Lots and lots of people in that Prediction League. Lots of people getting a lot of good guessing in. Yeah. Now you're seeing there's more people with we're saying yeah. well done to every week. So People are getting good at this stuff. So Sunday the 15th of April, which is today as we record this, the ladies team were in action against Tabletoppers Wimbledon. But they came and, sorry, not but, but and they came out 2-1 winners thanks to a double from well Lisa done. Ref. Well done, Lisa So well done, the ladies. Uh, Lisa Ref's a new one for me. I know they've been sort of actively recruiting new yeah. players for that team. So well done to the ladies. And George O'Kobe was named in the National League Team of the Week following his performance first Macclesfield. So a massive well done there to George, who was at Wolves today. Um, of course he, he was. was their guest of honour he was he was so well was done really? to George there he's had a fantastic weekend so hope you enjoyed your day Mr Elikobi so let's round up this bad boy and coming in at one hour six minutes so fantasy football update so Jack Snelling tops the Orient Out podcast fantasy football league for the first time this season and what a time to top the league although he tops it by only 
two points on 1962 points. He's ahead of Tim Roberts in second place. It's all getting very tight now. I'm in 45th place, but there's still more Premiership games this week. So that table could change massively by the time we record this time next week. Yep, so positives and negatives this week. So positives, obviously Macaulay Bond's goal tally for the season. Uh, and as you know, some sort of generic article in The Sun reporting that he's being watched by Burton, Portsmouth and Shrewsbury it will come as no surprise to those um, that know how good Macaulay Bond is. And when someone hits 20 goals and they're in good form, they're going to be written about a lot. They're going to be talked about a lot. Burton are just about to get relegated out of the championships. So there'll be a League One side, Portsmouth and Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury I can't see so much because they're vying to go up out of League One into the championship. Portsmouth, different, different. I don't know. All, it's all top end League One though. You look at it and you go, yeah. those will all be there. They're about to League One next year. But it's not the championship, so very interesting there. But a nothing article from the Sun quotes okay. no one, says nothing other than the fact that they're watching him. I'm sure he's been watched by many more teams than that. Josh Caroma's form is another positive with two goals in his last two games and four points from the last six, actually. Uh, so a solid performance Good. against the league leaders positives. as well. Fantastic positives. Really cool. Negatives. Negatives, yep. So Josh Coulson's injury. So we wish Josh all the best and hope he gets better sooner rather than later. Matt Harold, obviously, being out for the season. And lastly, dropping two league places due to results around us. There's still quite a few teams, including us, who've got a game in hand due to postponement. Yeah. So I don't think we'll really get a real grasp of what the table actually looks like until the midweek on the following Tuesday when everyone will have played the same amount of games. So hero of the week times so this week, it's unanimous. Playing in his preferred striker position and having scored two goals in his last two games, it obviously goes to Duke. Josh Caroma. Josh Caroma. Well done, Josh. Um, so next week's fixtures, we've got two coming up in the next week. Firstly, we're making a long trip up north to Hartlepool on Tuesday the 17th of April. Hartlepool are 19th in the National League, five points and two places above the relegation uh, zone after getting a decent one-all draw away to Sutton on Saturday. Hartlepool came down into the National League with us last season and found it difficult and have had their fair share of board and off-field problems and manager changes. This is a long journey, so if you're going... Do have a safe journey and why not send us a tweet uh, on your way there. I was looking to go to that match, but I've now decided not to. No problemo. And then on Saturday, the 21st of April, Wrexham will be visiting Brisbane Road for the last, well, for one of the last home games of the season. So Wrexham, a seventh in the National League. They occupy the last playoff place. So this really is a must-win game for them. They've had a recent change in management recently as their manager, Dean Keats, went to take over at Walsall. Yeah. And his departure has really affected their momentum on Saturday they lost 2-1 at home to Dagenham and Redbridge so if you're going and you're in the south stand come and see us if you're around if you see us anyway say hello I see people who definitely recognise us around the ground and kind of nod but don't say hello so if you see us we won't bite we're always happy to come yeah. and speak about Orient to so come and say hello and additionally Nick Ramsden sent us a message to get in touch and tell us that the Orient Som Band will be performing at half-time at the Wrexham game and that he and Steve Jenkins have been putting the band through their paces since Christmas and they will be doing a 12-minute set on the pitch at half-time. So at half-time against Wrexham, the Orient Som Band will be doing a 12-minute set. Make sure you stay in your seats for that. It's going to be a fantastic set there. Yeah, so that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 140. We've been gone for two weeks, but we're back now on the pitch. We've played two matches. 
picked up four points with Macaulay Bond reaching 20 league goals this season. Morale at the club seems to be good and there's a real feeling that Justin and Ross are building something special for next season at our club. Despite the news that Josh Coulson and Matt Harold are out for the season, there is plenty of room for optimism. And with the likes of Marvin Ekpeteta and Josh Karoma getting their chances in the team and playing well, there is real competition for places. Now it's all about winning the last four games of the season and taking 12 points. So if you're going to any of the remaining games, sing up and stand up for the Orient. And we're going to be back with episode 141 on Sunday the 22nd of April with all the information and views that you could ever need. So if you're listening on iTunes, come on, subscribe, give our podcast a review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, Tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites. That way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And like we say every week, if you know someone who isn't technology savvy or doesn't know about the podcast, tell them about it. Get them involved. They might love it. They might hate it, but I think they'll probably love it. And they will have a new way of engaging with Orient fans and getting all the latest news and views. And just to say thanks to Richard Sternberg, who is now the proud owner of a superb mug. And last week, Ian Allers... Lee Deering and Dean Jags also became proud owners. And you too uh, can buy one by simply sending us a message on Twitter, on email, on Facebook, or anywhere with how many you require and an address to post them to. And we'll take care of the rest. The cost is just £7 each or two for £12 plus £3 postage. Or we can give them to you at any home game. Just two home games left though yeah. to evade that £3 postage cost. So we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast thanks very much and up the O's